Well, hello, this is Brother Kapow. Paul Kapow on the Kapow Radio Show Network. Hey, today, I got some things I want to talk about. One is an article that's entitled Bodies of Others. Very interesting. And then some other things. I've entitled this show something to the effect of um, COVID vaccinations versus rabies or something like that. Uh, I'm going to figure it out later. There's a reason why I entitled the show this. Now, here's the deal. I've been doing uh, podcasts since 2011. And those of you listening, some some already have podcasts or have tried it and do it. So you know how it works. You pay a distributor to distribute uh, your work out to the rest of the world. So, you know, in my case, you know, I pay for all my own equipment, you know, you do all your own research, you make your own content. It's your show, it's your podcast. And then I use a distributor called Transistor.fm. I used to use Blog Talk Radio. I used to use Spreaker. And this is my third distributor I've been to. Um, and, and I like them a lot. Now, they distribute it to iTunes and Apple Music, Spotify. Um, I can have them distribute it to YouTube. And the podcast would be a video, but it's not a video. It's just a static picture with what you're hearing now. I quit doing that because, well, I was just taking up a lot of room. And uh, I wasn't getting a whole lot of viewers, you know, you know, watching a podcast that you would listen to. Anyway, my point is, is it's your podcast. It's your work. And I pay for that. I pay for a distributor. So in all the years I've, I've done it since 20. 11 into 2011 2012 no one's ever messed with me um the only time i got messed with on blog talk radios is one time i used some uh some songs as an intro fire down below by bob seeger and they they got me on a copyright deal uh even though i wasn't making money off that song but that's the only only time so it it's not like Facebook will mess with you. You know that. Uh, Facebook and, and all these other social media platforms will mess with you. YouTube also. Um, I've got strikes on YouTube because, um, there, you know, there's a video on, you know, transgender versus, you know, stupid idiots or something like that. And they found it offensive. And so I got a strike, a community strike. Uh, Facebook also. I quit posting on Facebook about vaccinations or COVID because every time you mention the word, they they put that little truth box underneath it. You know, and they say, you know, for, you know, the real information about vaccinations, get to go to this site, the CDC site. And it, it's just really annoying. You guys know what I'm talking about. So what I want to tell you is that I entitled this show uh, something about COVID and rabies because what I discovered is that in all these years, I've never been messed with until now, until I actually put the words COVID or vaccinations in my title. And who's messing with me is Spotify. Those of you who know who Spotify, that company is a big, uh, they're, they're the leading streaming music distributor, streaming site at this point. I use them for my blues band, Mesquite Cafe. And, you know, I have an official channel there. and But also, this podcast is distributed to Spotify through my distributor, Transistor.fm. So, I, 
I pay for this. This is my show. This isn't theirs. I, I, I'm not using their platform for free or anything like that. I, I pay a distributor to put it out. And what I noticed is out of 800 shows that I, I've done in the last seven or eight years, there was only two shows that had that stupid little disclaimer on it. And both shows were uh, where I put COVID as the title, in the title. One was when I got sick with COVID and bacterial pneumonia, and I did a show about how I got sick and almost died. All I was doing was talking about the facts of the illness. I wasn't making a political statement or right or wrong. I was just saying I got sick and they flagged it and because they don't listen. These are robots. These are algorithms that said, uh, you know, for the truth, go here for the truth. You know, like I might be not telling you the truth, but the CDC would. Now that that really irks my nerve. The other one was the very next show and I entitled it Positive positive changes or positive outcomes from COVID. And I talked about how uh, some of my thinking and, and mindset had changed after getting sick. It was a positive thing. And it, once again, it was just the factual deal. And they, Spotify put that little disclaimer under there that, hey, for the truth. So that, it irks my nerve. So I purposely am titling this show with the word COVID in it so they could do it again. So you just could keep doing it over and over again. And you know, it makes no difference. It's still my podcast. I still can say whatever I want. And it's, the last time I looked, I still live in a, in a country called the United States of America that I have a freedom of speech. And this freedom of speech that I'm doing on this show, my podcast, the one I pay for, I am not hurting anybody. I'm not being subversive. I'm not suggesting anything subversive or violent, or I'm not hurting anybody. And I can say in this country what I need to say, what's on my mind. And I can voice my opinion against things that I feel are evil or sinister and wrong. And the COVID theater, the COVID theater, this branch COVIDian mindset is certainly sinister and it's from the pits of hell. It's, it is evil. It's sinister. Now, I know there's a real virus out there, a man-made laboratory depopulation virus. I get it. I had it. Many people I know had it. Some people are not here anymore because they died from it. But let me tell you this. The theater surrounding it, the political theater, the clown show is pure, pure evil pure evil. There, I said it. That's my opinion. It's my show. I pay to have it distributed. Screw you, Spotify, and the horse you ran in on. Now, I checked iTunes, and you would think Apple would be doing the same thing, but Apple did not flag any of the shows that I use COVID term in it. Nothing. But Spotify did. So, Spotify is a bunch of libtards. Now, they are the biggest music distributor out there right now. And they run on, on algorithms, the robots. Now, let me switch gears here as a musician with my band, Mesquite Cafe Blues Band. My music, our music is distributed through a distributor, another distributor called DistroKid. And this distributor 
you you give them music and they distribute it everywhere, right? You pay for that. <laughs> it's my music. I pay for it. And they distribute it. The audience, how to get on playlists and how to get popular and how to get people to hear your music doesn't depend on how good you are. It, it's not a matter of how good your music is or, or how talented or not talented you are. It all depends on the robots, the algorithms, what they pick up and how they distribute it. The way Spotify works and the way iTunes, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Deezer, Weezer, I, you know, iHeartRadio, Pandora, all of them, the way it works is that they're in the business of delivering music, good music, to the right audience that wants to hear that particular music. They're not in the business of, of distributing crappy music, but they don't really know what's crappy and what's good. They can only determine what may be good by the audience reaction to what's distributed. And they do this by their bots go out and search the internet and search the web and it searches social media and it depends how many fans you have and likes you have and stuff. And it says, well, these, this group of people like you know Eric Clapton, they may like Brother Kapow, right? They might like Mesquite Cafe Blues Band. And that's kind of how that works. So the, the deal is, is you're not playing for an audience anymore online. You are playing to the bots. You're playing to the algorithms. And so it's artificial intelligence that's running the clown show here. It's the artificial intelligence that's telling you what's good music and what's not. That's what's being served to people. And I listen to a lot of indie artists, a lot of um, independent blues artists, and, and, and there's some fabulous, fabulous talent out there, fabulous musicians that people will never hear of because the bots aren't serving them up. So it's just the way it is. I was listening to a show uh, the the other day it was on YouTube and this show is unrelated to music or anything else. It's a it was a finance show, and it's it's called um, I forgot what it's called, Millennial Money or something like that. These guys are millennials. They're you know in their late twenties, 30, 30 years uh, old. They live here in Vegas, not too far. And they had a really successful YouTube show where they talked about stocks and bonds and trading and the finances and things like that. And it, it was fairly interesting. And um, I listened to several of these shows about uh, real estate market and finances and things like that. It fascinates me. And you can make better decisions with your money and, and, and purchasing property and things when you're better informed. Well, anyway, these guys had a very successful show. I mean, they're probably, they're probably knocking out 40 to 80 grand, seriously, a month in ad revenues from the, the show. You know, just just a lot of followers and, you know, big thing. And I listened to the show and they said, this is not clickbait on the title. This is not clickbait, our last show. So of course I'm gonna to listen to it. What are they talking about? Well, they're they're dropping out for a while. They're gonna take some time off. But what was interesting is these three guys gave an insight of what it takes to be successful on YouTube. And I think a lot of us, me also thought, it was a matter of just putting out great content and uh, people like your content and then they start following you and you build a follower. It's not like that at all. It also is run by algorithms. It's also run by the bots. 
And what they were saying is it's not the quality of the content, it's the quantity. The more you put out, like if you put three shows out a day, three videos a day, very labor intensive videos, those of you who have messed with YouTube and tried to put videos out, it's very labor intensive. It's it's not easy to do. And I tried it for a while and it's it, I just don't have the time or the the desire uh, to do that for, you know, to get three viewers, you know, when you spend hours on this video. And these guys know this. And so they would put out, you know, at least three or four videos a week. And they were telling stories about very successful sites who then took a little time off and quit producing. And, and the algorithm actually punished these people. Uh, they actually lost viewers, they actually lost subscribers, then you would lose ad revenue and lose money. And the way they, they describe the workload and the, the craziness of just constantly looking at the stats and looking at who's watching and why they're watching. And one guy was saying he, he was so obsessed when the robots, the algorithm would compare his latest video with his top ranking video and, and rank it, like say it would rank number three or four. He would obsess on why it ranked three. Uh, it, was it the title? Was it was it was it the title or was it the 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 picture? Was it the 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 meme? The you know what I mean? He never questioned. Was it the content? It wasn't what I said. It it was either the way it read in the title or the way it looked. Folks, that tells me a lot about what that does to the mindset. And so I, I didn't realize this because I've, I've never been successful with, with YouTube in that respect, but I didn't realize what a slave you become to that. And these guys actually become a slave to the algorithm. And it reminded me so much of the Egyptians lording over Israel in Egypt before Yahweh brought them out and how they put they made them work harder and harder and harder and took away their straw in order to make bricks, but yet required more bricks and required more work. And they became taskmasters over the Israelites until they cried out and cried out so much that God delivered them. And it reminded me so much of that. And I know that when you work in the world and you have a job, you're a slave to that and you're a slave to your boss and the system anyway. But I had no idea how enslaved people are to the algorithms. And so if I was a successful musician, which I'm not, but if I was successful Mesquite Cafe Blues Band and I had a lot of followers and, and the algorithms were picking me up and shooting me out to different playlists and stuff, there would be a price to pay for that. And there would be a price uh, to keep that kind of success up. But I would imagine the price was produce music all the time, all the time, whether it's good or bad or crappy, don't matter, just a lot of content to feed the bot. You have to feed the system. And if you're a content creator, whether you do a podcast or a video show, YouTube, or a musician, you're creating content. Part of feeding the algorithm, the artificial intelligence is a lot, is quantity, not so much quality. That's why there's so much crap out there, but there's a lot of it. And sometimes you'll see these shows that they'll have half a million subscribers, 
You know, these guys are knocking out some good, good money. And the show's not very slick. It's not done right. It's uh, or, or they're stupid. It's a stupid show. But they put they put a lot of it out. So anyway, my point is um, these these robots, the algorithms, the bots, they, you know, it's not a matter of, oh, are they going to take over? Do we have an artificial intelligence? Of course we do. And half the stuff that's on social media is, is produced, you know, artificially. And you can see that on Spotify, as soon as the word COVID comes up or vaccinations, boom, the bots get involved and try to change culture. They are changing culture and they do change things. So artificial intelligence super is, 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 is really here. And, you know, I notice it in music production too. You know, the, the technology that you use to produce music, a lot of it is algorithms and it's artificial intelligence. They call it machine learning. And it's absolutely incredible what it does and the work it can save you if you use it correctly. And it's here, it's definitely there. And it's, and it's kind of scary because it does change, you know, culture. It really does. So, you know, the question is, <laughs> why I titled this, the question is, you know, I have a dog. I've always had dogs for years and years. I just, we've always had dogs. My dogs get vaccinated. And my dogs usually get three types of shots. They get a rabies shot, they get a, you know, Bordetella or whatever, a DHLP, and all, right? Now, once your dog gets a rabies vaccination, and say like my dog has a three-year rabies vaccination. Of all the dogs I've ever had, and all the dogs that people that I know have had, that dog has never caught rabies once it's vaccinated. Um, it's never caught Bordetello or whooping cough or kettle cough or whatever dogs get once they're vaccinated. And it shows you that the vaccination works uh, on your pet. But what I don't understand is, is the silly people that have been vaccinated. Uh, and, and now of course the CDC says, you know, two shots is, is considered fully vaccinated, but there are many out there, many of these these knuckleheads out there, they're pushing for that booster. You gotta have two shots and a booster and a booster and another booster and it never ends. And I know so many people, and I'm sure you do, that have been vaccinated and still got sick. They still got, you know, uh, COVID. Every time I tell my story about COVID, the first thing a libtard will ask me, first thing, first thing, and this happens all the time, were you vaccinated? They need to know that. They need to know that. And if you say no, then they look at you and go, that's why you got it. And if you say yeah, they say, good thing, or you could have ended up in the hospital or dead. That's what they say. The problem is, if you're vaccinated against something, you shouldn't get it in the first place. My dog doesn't get rabies because she's vaccinated. She doesn't get other dog distemper and all that stuff because she's vaccinated. We sh nobody should be getting sick if they're vaccinated. That's my point. That's my point. Why? There's all kinds of theories out there. Why the big push? What is in these things? What are they doing? Why do they want everybody vaccinated and boosted and on and on and on? We all hear the stories. We all know about the the uh, VAERS system. Is that is that what it's called? Where you can get the the results of negative 
negative results from being vaccinated. And we've heard stories of blood clots and young kids dying and, you know, all this stuff. All this stuff. Why, why the push? Now, I think, this is my opinion, I think ultimately is a depopulation. Ultimately, they want to reduce the breathers and feeders. <laughs> and you notice it started with the most, you know, the population was, was elderly. Uh, you get a little, oh, and I'm, I'm in that bracket. Um, because we're not working anymore. We're not, we're not producing, we're not producing slaves anymore. We've taken our money. Maybe uh, I lived in a good era when I was able to take my finances and make some good decisions. And I was able to retire at age 50. I've been retired for years now. I've almost been retired as long as I worked. And I live a really, really good life with a lot of disposable income because I made some good de decisions and I was able to that, able to do that growing up. And, you know, and, and also the, you know, the wisdom of God that he gives you. If you, if you, if you listen to the biblical principles and the wisdom he gives you, he, you can make some good decisions. And I, and I feel very blessed that I was, that I lived most of my life in an era where I could do that. Um, I'm not sure people could do that anymore. It's it's so bad here, you know, all over in here in America. But you all remember the the Georgia Guidestones, right? And they've been up there for you know what I don't know, 25 years, 30 years, you know. And the the one part of the Georgia Guidestones that's so disturbing is that it said to keep the the human population at 500 million. That's half a billion and I think when they put the, the guidestones up I think there was something like four or five million billion people on the planet so you're talking about reducing you know you know nine out of ten people I mean, it was cra it's crazy and, and now uh, there's like nine billion people on the planet and but the, the guidestones in order to live in, in harmony with nature their 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 guidance is saying to reduce the population to 500 million there's a lot of other stuff written on the on the guidestones a lot of stuff um, about laws and and tyranny and things like that and 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 you know not destroying the earth and things like that stuff that you know would make sense and you'd go well you know i'm not a tree hugger but i do agree that we shouldn't destroy the earth or i do agree that we shouldn't have petty laws and tyrants over us but i don't think anybody i don't think anybody went to georgia guidestones that that had half a brain at least walked around and saw that one mandate that said reduce human population to 500 million and then said oh th that's a great idea Let's, let's just kill nine out of 10 people. Because when you think that way, it's never you or your family or the ones you love that are gonna die. It's always somebody else. You know, because that, that's, that's how crazy, stupid humans think. But I, I really think, I really, I, I think the Georgia guys don't, they were there for a reason and they made a statement for a reason. It wasn't just the Rosicrucians or whatever they're called, the Rosy Cross Christians that put that up there. I mean, it's a, it's a mystery who actually put it up there. 
But I think it was a statement they were they were making for years. And some of you may have heard, maybe some of you didn't heard. A couple of weeks ago, someone blew at least a portion of those Georgia guy stones up. They blew it up. And the portion that they blew up was the Hindi Swahili portion, blah, blah, blah. These things are monitored by cameras because they, they have been vandalized before and graffitied because there's a lot of there's a lot of Americans and people who don't agree with nine out of 10 people getting whacked by an oligarch or by a, a serpent seed or the sons of darkness. Those that rule, you know, Joe Biden's not your president, people. He's ruled, he's put there in office by an unseen government, a shadow government. We have no idea who these people are. I mean, we kind of do. Gates Foundation, all the Bilderberg people, they're the ones who are they're the ones who are putting the presidents and the important people in those positions to do their bidding. They, you call them oligarchs, you know, whatever. They're sons of darkness. They're not of God. And these things that were written on the stone, all of a sudden they're 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 blown up. And it's caught on camera, but you cannot see who might have done it. They know they did it sometime in the, in the wee hours of the morning, but you don't see who did it. You you can't. I mean, it's It looked like a demolition, kind of like nine eleven, like it imploded like that. And you it, yet none of these cameras caught. There's cameras apparently when you go to the front gate. There's there's cameras when you go in. There's cameras all around. You know, because this is an important monument that the Sons of Darkness have erected. And yet, they no one saw, this camera didn't catch who might have blown it to smithereens. So last I heard is that they weren't going to rebuild it and um, they're going to take it down after it's been sitting there for, you know, I think 25 plus years. I, I think it, it's been up there that long. And of course, the, the the saying is that it was vandalism, that it was, you know, some Trump bag of hat wearing, you know, crazies with, you know, C4 that blew it up. But they're, but they're not on the picture. Now, this is just my opinion, but I think they blew it up because they, they, they want to get rid of that history. They want to get rid of that statement that they've been stating in this long to reduce the population to 500 million because it's no longer needed to state it or to tell it or to convince others that that's what needs to be done to save the planet because that agenda is already here. And I believe that agenda is here with the COVID vaccinations, with what's in there, and and of course the boosters and everything else they want you to take, that's gonna destroy the human genome. And so we don't need, they don't need that monument standing up, reminding people that that's what they've always wanted to do. You know, America was always at the forefront historically of eugenics. 
That's where the Nazis got it from. And when the Nazis were taken down, where did they come? They came here. We've always, always been the forefront of eugenics and killing off populations and those that are less desirable. Minorities, handicapped, mentally retarded, sick, feeble, old, elderly, blacks, Hispanics, Jews, anything that's non-white European. I mean, I hate to tell you, but we've, we've been doing here in America for years. And so the Georgia Guidestones are no different. So if we remove them, if we destroy them, then we change history like we like we do taking all the other monuments down and then no one's going to remember after a while that that was the agenda but i think that's the agenda and that's why you give your dog rabies shots and they don't get rabies but you give people covid shots and boosters and they're still getting sick or they're going to either die of that or die of something else but what they die of later on is so far removed from the vaccination that it's impossible to trace back to that. Um, you know, when when 18 year olds are just having blood clots in their brains and hearts, they say, well, they have, you know, they give it some name. Um, but it's really bad. A lot of people are dying because of this stuff. Recently, spiritual attacks on innocent people have increased considerably. This is partly due to society's transformation into a satanic cult. Most people are clueless or hopeless in combating this spiritual mayhem. We wish to offer two good books to overcome these attacks. First, Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare offers one of the most effective training systems in combating spiritual darkness in order to gain personal freedom. Second. Eyes to See Unseen Enemies teaches how to see the hidden dangers which are all around us, even in places we would least expect them. Both books can be purchased on Amazon.com as a paperback or ebook. It is our desire that you will take advantage of these opportunities to increase your effectiveness in spiritual warfare and learn how to fight back instead of being a victim. We'll see you on the battlefield. There's a show on Prime TV on Amazon called uh, The Boys. And not to bore you, but it's about uh, these superheroes. Uh, and they're bad superheroes. These are people who, as children, it were injected with a, a drug called Compound V. <laughs> and uh, it gave them superpowers. So they all have different superpowers. And... In America, there's seven of them that are at the top of the elite of the superheroes, but they're very, they belong to a big corporation and they're very wicked people and everything's about money. And um, when they do something for humanity, it's a staged uh, photo op. Uh, and so the whole thing is to try to get them to uh, get on a government contract so that they are the weapon of America against all this stuff. That's the premise of the show. And there's a, there's a group of, of people, uh, this referred to as the boys, that are fighting, fighting this for various reasons. Uh, but there was, a, there was an episode I watched, <clears throat> and the whole episode was about, uh, it was called the Sub, uh, Freedom Expo or something Expo. And uh, when I saw it, it reminded me of Hillsong. It reminded me of church. And it was this outdoor deal, and this person was singing. And I, I told I told uh, Linda, 
I said, hey, I go, I go, that sounds just like a worship leader. And sure enough, that's what the show was about. And this worship leader was singing the song and then angel wings popped out. You know, what's with the angel wings? Why does everybody have freaking angel wings? It is, I'm, it's just so sick of seeing that. Every artist, it, they all have angel wings. Oh my God. And so this angel wings pop out and they were doing this Hillsong type of song. And this preacher comes out and he's your typical, you know, hipster preacher. But in the show, he's he's a, he's gay, uh, he's a crook, and he's uh, secretly using his ministry, which is called Samaritan, by the way. Uh, he's using his ministry called Samaritan Enterprises to uh, distribute this drug to terrorists uh, and, and become superhuman terrorists. And the whole show, the whole hour-long episode was one big blasphemous show on God. Uh, normally, they don't mention Jesus. They'll just blaspheme God. Uh, but they blasphemed Jesus Christ. They had a false a baptism on there where they the Christians were coming and being rebaptized by uh, a superhero, the main superhero named Homelander, and he was rebaptizing them in Jesus and God's in his name. Everything was blasphemous. Um, I can't tell you the names that one of the characters called God or referred to God because I can't I can't repeat it. And um, the one gal, the superhero that was supposed to be a Christian and was raised in that environment, saw the truth and said, you know, why can't we be gay? Why can't we love who we want to love? Why is, you know, I don't understand this system anymore. I don't believe in it. And, you know, this whole bit. And it was just one big blasphemous deal. Now, when I saw this, you know, your first reaction is to get mad and then shut it off. It's like, I'm not going to sit there and watch an hour of blasphemy. And it was, it was horrible. But what got me and what got Linda, we both looked at each other and said, the real crime here is, is, is not the world. I expect that from the sons and daughters of darkness. I expect that from the world. I expect that from Serpent Seed. I expect that from the writers of this show who hate God. I expect that. What I don't expect is for them to have the ammunition to do it. And if we didn't have the silly mega churches that we have and the silly hill songs and the, the silly worship music that we have and the silly things and the, these hipster pastors and these, if we didn't have this kind of corruption, this this blasphemy in what they call a church, a show like that would never have the ammunition to attack Christianity. And to me, that was the crime more than the show itself. Horrible, horrible. Let me uh, read a little bit of this article that will get out of your hair. It's written by a gal named Naomi Wolf. Naomi Wolf. It's called The Bodies of Others. Subtitled The New Authoritarians, COVID-19, and the War Against the Human. 
And this particular article is a review of the book. And apparently Naomi Wolf used to be a liberal. I mean, a, a noteworthy liberal. She, uh, she was a political advisor to Bill Clinton and Al Gore. Um, and she found herself kind of deplatformed and having problems uh, when she didn't quite agree with a lot of the socialist, communist, liberal things that were, were going on. And she wrote a book back in 2007 called The End of America. And she she talked about George Bush and Dick Cheney and, and how they, they, she documented how they dismantled the best and highest of American ideals, ideals in post-September uh, 11, 9-11 years and 10 steps. And well, in this book she wrote, she kind of picks off where she left off about the end of America. And she says, and she's been telling people that America's at step 10, at the final step of being dismantled. And that's in which the government subverts the rule of law by presidential emergency decree, bypassing Congress, opening the door to martial law. At this stage, she says, shock follows shock so quickly that the civil society institutions start to reel. Now, I don't know if that's happening, that's going to happen or not. I don't know. But this is what she's thinking. But my point is not this. My point is what she says. She's been attacked and been silenced for this kind of rhetoric and all this stuff. And also talking about critical truths about COVID-19 and things like that. The reviewer says from the first pages of the bodies of others that she documents in chilling detail, eloquent language that she sees happening to her beloved America before her very eyes. From the initial lockdown in March, 2020, we all remember that, to the gradual collapse of our educational institutions and check this out, consequent intellectual and social impairment of millions of students of all ages. Remember last last week, if you listened to it, I, I entitled the show, Dullness Abounds, and I just talked about how dull people are, how stupid they are. They're very dull. Well, this gal says the same thing. A gradual collapse of educational institutions, the consequences, intellectual and social impairment. Um, Closures of thousands upon thousands of small businesses. And these small businesses financially support millions of individuals and families. A lot of them never reopened because they went bankrupt from having been forced to shutter themselves for too long. Big box stores like Amazon and Walmart and stuff, they did great, made millions. All this is true. The same thing happened in other countries and all of it engineered and intentional. Now this I found very interesting because she says, it's all intentional to position nations around the world for what's being invoked by the World Economic Forum as the Great Reset. A one world government ruled by an unelected tyrannical elite cabal that believes they know what's best for each of us and for humanity at large. Those 
are the ones I call serpent seed or sons of darkness, sons of Belial. They've been around since the fall of humanity. That's who is running this clown ship. And this gal is seeing that, okay? The real goal had nothing to do with public health, she writes, and that's true. The real goal is to dissolve and destroy Western and human culture and to replace it with a techno-fascist culture, a culture which we have forgotten what free human beings can do. And she says it was all put into place to crush the Western people, crush economies, steal the assets of the working and middle classes. And remember, I just got done talking about the, the, the Guidestones being destroyed. Let's not have that up anymore where people can refer to it and go, these are what the sons of darkness are doing. They're trying to kill us off, keep us down where they can manage it. And she says that this was a strategy of utilizing mass fascination of an incompletely tested substance as a pretext for imposing a digital identity system that could create a CCP-style surveillance society and generate untold riches and data harvesting for very few. Now, she sounds like a conspiracy theorist at this point. People are probably going, oh, you're crazy, you're crazy. But she's probably right. She's probably seeing it because she's been right before. And she's been in the political world. She knows these people. She was one of them. She probably still is to some degree, but she's seeing hey, something, something ain't right. What she saw is that she had a loss of friends and colleagues. Uh, she says, this was my people, my tribe, my whole life, the progressive right on part of the ideological world. And it became more and more uncritical, less and less able to discuss or reason. Isn't that the truth? It was as if these communities were in the grip of a collective hallucination. I've been preaching that for years, a mass hallucination that, that people are under. They're under the God of this world who has blinded them. They're blinded. There's a real spiritual reason behind all of this. And, and she's right. These people are unable to reason. They're unable to go, wait a minute. This stuff don't work. On a, on a side note, I was cleaning my vacuum cleaner this week and I had to dump the dust bucket, but I didn't want to get that junk in my lungs because my lungs are still pretty sensitive after the pneumonia. So I asked my wife, I go, do we have any of those stupid masks around? She goes, no, I threw them all out. So I'm digging around and I found a cloth mask that I had, one of my old cloth masks that was built real well, it fits real good, and it has the metal around the bridge of the nose, the whole bit. It was one of the COVID masks that I had to wear to get into a restaurant or to buy food or stuff. So I put that on, I carefully dumped the contents in the trash can, and came back and within 15 minutes, I'm coughing. You know why? Because the crap went through the mask and entered my lungs. And if big pieces of, of debris from a carpet from a vacuum can do that while you got a cloth mask on you can imagine what micro particles can do from a virus that you can't see it doesn't work that's the stupidest thing is to put a face diaper on and think it's gonna work anyway so <laughs> 
She's talking about these people that are in the group of collective hallucination, like the witch crazies of the 17th and 16th century. Their understanding and belief systems were abandoned overnight. Intellect, informed people, uh, they suddenly saw things that were not there and were unable to see things that were really before their faces. And she says, how could it happen? How could this happen? How could people, I mean, I look at this too, how could people drive around in their car with a face diaper on? How in the hell can they be riding a bike outside or walking outside exercising with a diaper on their face and think that the virus is gonna get them in the middle of the Nevada desert when it's 112 degrees outside? To me, that's delusional. To me, you got mental retardation. How did you get to this point? And she says, she says, this is a quote, I had come to believe there was more afoot here than just human vanity or culpability or even conventional evil. She writes, now I like this, and this is why I'm reading this article. I want you to get this in your head. She writes, quote, here was an infection of the soul. Here was an infection of the soul endured by so many in 2020 through 2022. There was the helter-skelter desertion of classical liberalism's modern civilization's most cherished post-war ideals, the sudden abandonment of post-enlightenment norms of critical thinking. The delusion of parents' sense of protectiveness of the bodies and futures of their own minor children. The acceptance of a world in which people can't gather to worship. You remember that? All the churches shut down and put face diapers on. There was only a couple of them that withstood the, tyrant, the tyrants in California. There was only a few of them. And here... None of them did. Where I live, not a single church remained open. We were faced with the suddenly manifested structures and their drivers who erected this, oh, here's the word she uses, this demonic world in less than two years and imposed it on everyone else. These heads of state and heads of medical boards and heads of school boards and these teachers, these heads of unions and these national leaders and the state level leaders and the town hall level functionaries, all the way down to the men and women who disinvite relatives from Thanksgiving due to social pressure because of a medical status, which is no one's business and which affects no one. The massive edifice of evil was too complex and really too elegant to assign to just human awfulness and human inventedness. Check this out. She ends it. It suggested a spiritual dimension of evil, end of quote. So that's all I'm gonna read <laughs> because that's a lot. But I hope you kind of got what this lady was saying, this lady, who was a liberal, who was on the campaign of Bill Clinton and Al Gore, who did fight against uh, Bush and Cheney, who, who, was, who was in a political theater, 
who now sees what's going on around her as, as evil. My wife, when this first came out, my wife said, she used the word sinister. This is sinister. And I'll tell you what, it, since 2020 till now, that hasn't changed. It is sinister. The COVID clown show, the branch COVIDians all around you, the idiot driving his car alone with a mask on his face or riding his bike or exercise outside. They want to be enslaved. They want, I see them all the time in restaurants and I go, I don't care what you do. You're an idiot. But my God, don't bring that mandate back on me. You can give me hate stares all you want and I'll give you stupid stares. I don't care. You know, if you don't like me that I don't have a mask, stay away from me. But don't mandate on that on me because I don't believe in it. It's stupid. It don't work. It's ineffective. But you see them all the time. You see these people all the time just succumbing because they're told. Because they've lost their ability to think critically. To really analyze and go, something's wrong here. Something ain't the way it should be. Christians and non-Christians. And that's a shame. Because as a biblical Christian, as a real Christian that has the scriptures, you you don't need to be dull. You don't need to be dumb. Anyway, that's the show. COVID and rabies. COVID versus rabies. What's the difference? There should be none, but there is. That's my rant. My rant for the week. All right, guys. Sorry I took longer than normal. Have a good day. Have a good night. And... Uh, Stay safe. Stay critical in your in your thinking.